Welcome back to For the Water Cooler, the podcast where you get to chat with your favorite co-workers about what you watched last night. I am Matt Scalisi, and joining me is my virtual office buddy, Caroline Darney. Caroline, welcome back to another week of For the Water Cooler. How are you doing? Thanks. I'm so excited. I'm very, very excited for the second half of today's show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we are, we'll are. we'll go ahead and tease. We are going to have one of our For the Win colleagues on with us for the second half of the show today. Uh, it's going to be our colleague, Blake Schuster, who's going to talk yeah. about his pop culture potluck selection for the week, which is the sci-fi action thriller Edge of Tomorrow, which we're we're all safe to say very excited to talk about. Caroline had not seen it before no. Blake, Blake chose it to talk about on the show. So she's she's freshly excited about it. I, I have been one of those so goons that that has been telling people to see this movie for years since it came out. I am I am of two minds, Matt, and I think you're starting to pick up on this. Not of two minds, but there's two wolves who live within me. And it's either I see something as soon as physically possible, like I get so excited about it, see it right away, or I will see it eight to ten years later right. and then be dying to talk to somebody about it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you can't really roll up to work and be like, dude, did you guys check out edge of tomorrow and they're like did they remake it or are you talking about the one from 2014 i'll be like no the 2014 so like that's like kind of where i and that's why i love and continually will do these twitter live tweets about scenes i didn't do one for today because i was busy but um yeah i that's kind of how i operate and that's kind of the same way for like all things where i'm like did you guys check out this movie yet this is incredible and they're like no, and came out 12 years ago i'll be like well listen like it's you know it's it is weird that that this sort of happens. I, I it would make sense for this to happen for individual people every once in a while, but what's weird is this sort of happens in waves. Like you will see suddenly a ten year old movie like trending on Twitter, and yeah. it, sometimes it can just be because it it has now moved over to a new streaming app. I was going to say like Netflix before. just added it, or right. Yeah. And, and and it like suddenly creates these big surges in popularity for movies that really not that many people were talking about right when yeah. it came out. Uh, but yeah, look, we will definitely <laughs> excitedly dive into that movie later Yay. in the show. But we do have some headlines to get into first. Yep. And first and foremost, uh, there's only really one big story going on at the box office. I mean, look, it was a great weekend. This was I, I think I just read this was the first weekend that we've had four movies over 25 million each since oh, wow. 2013. Wow. Uh, so, so like kind of, again, Barbie has, has, has done the thing of raising the tide for all ships. I, I'm yeah. saying the phrase wrong. I don't know what the actual <laughs> term is, but everybody's winning because of Barbie. It I isn't just, close. I think yeah. it's a rising tide raises all ships. Well, you're the you're the navy. Person. Yeah, I'm the naval you officer. Know. I should know this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Nailed it. Yeah, I but, mean, wait. So okay, so Barbie, Oppenheimer, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Mission Impossible. No, I, no, I actually I think the fourth one was the Meg too this weekend, <laughs> <laughs> which <laughs> I cannot wait to see. But I was already like excited about it because the first one was so good bad bad good whatever you want to say the second one got a zero percent 
on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, started, not a well-reviewed like, movie at all. Oh, like, right. Yeah. Could not be more excited. <laughs> I, I don't think people who care about um, Rotten Tomatoes ratings are who are seeing the Meg movies. Yeah, it's, that's kind of like they sometimes just shouldn't review, or they need to get the right people to review those movies, because if you're reviewing Lake yep. Placid, like a serious journalist, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I think the per- the ideal person that I would like to see review the Meg too is someone who has uh, been on the lake for three hours and had an entire six pack and then they watched the movie that's who i was reviewing the meg to <laughs> yes absolutely but but i i mean look overall i i think it what's what's great to see and what's also unusual to see is that there is a huge massive hit going on right now and it isn't sucking up all the oxygen at the box office people are actually still seeing other movies and it seems like the other movies are maybe somehow even doing better because yeah. Barbie is out there existing in the ether. And Barbie finally, uh, not finally, I mean, it's finally. only been three weeks. Well, I know. <laughs> it crossed the one billion uh, mark globally, which is a very, very exclusive club to be in. Not very many movies have ever done that. Um, it, it is, it is. I, I don't know. I mean, I think everybody who listens to our podcast regularly probably is already aware of how big a deal it is. But if you didn't already know, this is up there with we're talking about Star Wars, the uh-huh. Avengers movies, the Avatar movies. Barbie is now in that class of franchise yeah. and it's only one movie. There was no build up to this. Yeah. There was no pre-existing franchise that it benefited from this was just a new thing i mean look it's based on a brand but yeah the ip existed but i don't think that it's and again we talked about it's pg-13 so like yes there are there's a chunk of like age ranges where you can say like but this wasn't ever marketed nor designed to be hey this isn't super mario brothers movie right no where it's marketed and designed it's not made for it's not made for children. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it's made, you know, it was marketed in a very specific way. And so I'm curious, the the quickness with which it hit a billion is what's really staggering to me now. So originally it was like, this could hit a billion. That would be wild. It hit a billion in like three weeks. And as someone who's like, obviously a huge Top Gun Maverick fan, it did not, it took longer than three weeks for Maverick to hit. A billion. Oh yeah. I mean, I think I think Maverick was more of the story of of did pretty good at first, and then word of mouth was so good that it kept going. And reviewing, which I think is also carrying not carrying Barbie, but uh, fueling Barbie early because I think a lot of people have wanted to go back and pick up on jokes you missed, or pick up on message you missed, or now that you have the message, you want to be able to sit back and enjoy. You know, or in my case, I kind of want to see where all the songs fit in because I don't remember other than it, I'm just Ken. There aren't a ton of songs that stood out to me during, I mean, the intro song and there's a few others that you're like, okay, yeah, I know where they use that. But now that I've listened to the soundtrack on repeat for like two and a half weeks, I'm kind of like, did they use it in the movie? Like, I want to go back and listen to it again and see like, you want to become a full, a full, uh, you want to like be uh, the level of fan that you are editing the Barbie wiki. Yes, yes. <laughs> I am getting a new password for Wiki so I can make sure that I update. But but you know, I I think I think that it's it's such a success, right? That in the way that the last few movies that we saw do this, I mean, the the Avatar movies, I don't think really inspired anybody to do anything else. I think everyone just sort of looked at those and said, 
eh, you know, whatever. It's its own weird thing. Nobody else is going to do this. I still haven't seen it. And it's on Disney Plus already. I still haven't Yeah, watched. I haven't watched it either. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, the, the but, you know, like, look, when, when this started happening with the Marvel movies, it totally changed Hollywood. And there's books and headlines for yeah. the last 10 years about how all of Hollywood is adapting because of how successful the Avengers movies have been. Well, that's what I'm kind of curious about is yeah. what, how does this change the way Hollywood operates? And I, I think one thing that I'm really curious to see, right? This, this was a huge event movie in as much as any star Wars or, or Marvel mm-hmm. movie has been. And it really was primarily pitched to women. A lot of men showed up obviously yeah. and bought tickets, but this movie mostly has has reached this level by saying we're going to create an event for women to be drawn to. So, you know, I'm really curious about things like the Marvels, which I saw a trailer for this weekend, a new trailer that I don't think I'd seen before. Yeah. Which which is a Marvel movie, but it is a obviously female led and and I think when you go back and look at the first Captain Marvel movie, that was a big event that I think also was really marketed to female audiences. I'm curious to see, like, does that get some shine from Barbie? Is it, are we now in a in a mode where like women are going to be more likely to say, "Hey, let's all go out opening weekend to a movie that was made for us"? I hope so, but the problem is, or what you run into, I think, is like this is it's way way less there wasn't there weren't 30 movies that you had to watch and be familiar with before true, going yes. to see barbie so like while i am super excited i am very, and captain marvel i enjoyed was not my favorite i think there's been a lot of discussion that movie that movie made a billion dollars by the way captain marvel yeah. did and, and that's, that's the thing also in like, the club <laughs> man i'm trying so hard not to do this whole like oh go woke, go broke huh yeah where's that argument right i mean now? Well, like, i don't care let's I, we, I, we it's, should, it's that it's that just, deserves no serious discussion but i well, think we can acknowledge thing. that people exist who say that stuff it's yeah, obviously not true there are folks that are saying like oh where's the repeat customers for Barbie? This is going to fall off a cliff. And it had like the, the slowest drop off from week one to week two numbers. And so I guess I worry for, for um, the Marvels that I think it's going to be great. I think the trailers look great. And if you didn't watch, yeah. And if you didn't watch Ms. Marvel, um, I thought that was a really fun show. The best part about it is her is Kamala Khan. Like she's fantastic. She's a a star. She's a star, and I really like Tiana Paris. So I'm like, you know, there have been some leaks or discussions around the fact that maybe Brie Larson and Tiana Paris, and who knows if that stuff is actually true that they were fighting or didn't get along on set. Like, well, if people, people love, like to blow, people really, yeah. There's a they big, love to blow that sort of stuff out of proportion. Yeah. Like, I don't know, I wasn't there, I haven't read on detail a lot of stuff because it's, it's. I just hate you can dislike a movie not a problem if you dislike it because there's women or people of color like in the lead then we're like that's just like this mcu thing that people so that's my biggest concern (laughs) with with the marvels is that it's going to be more of the review bombing type situation that they got with she Hulk or that we got with you know and people can there are legitimate gripes and if you don't want it to be some sort of quippy funny thing and i think there was a lot of fourth wall broken with um with she hulk that i actually i thought that show was hilarious and i love um the actress i'm for like her name right now i can see your face tatiana maslani tatiana maslani yeah she, she was fantastic and so like i i hope that there are potentially 
more women that show up for the Marvels, but let's be honest, there can be a real toxic uh, environment around comics. No question. For, and I do, especially look, I do if think... you haven't gotten into every single piece of it, and then people are like, well, this isn't free. Like, you know, do you have you. What superheroes do you know? List every superhero. You know, like that. it's the new, yeah. Oh, you watch football? Oh, you watch name, sports? Name every player. <laughs> name every no, sport ever. <laughs> I do think, I do look, that stuff sucks. And I think it yeah. does harm the experience for a lot of people. But I think one of the things that, that this year is doing also is it's proving that the people who are engaging in that dialogue don't have any idea what they're talking about and they don't have any data to back them up. No. People, and the, the, this is legitimately one of the biggest phenomenons in the history of movies. And it could not be more quote unquote woke, right? This is a movie that is, sl- it is dripping with pink promotion everywhere. It is made <laughs> for women. It is made by a female director it Who's is the first to hit a billion on her own. Shout yep. out Greta Gerwig. That's it, legend status. It literally taught the, the word patriarchy is said <laughs> at least a dozen times in the movie. This is everything that, that those kind of people would tell you is the formula to fail uh, and to quote unquote, go broke. Yeah. And they're completely wrong. They literally couldn't have been more wrong. So <laughs> I do, I do think, um, yeah. And like, there's other examples too. Everybody said that was going to happen with Little Mermaid. It didn't happen. Little Mermaid has made over half a billion dollars. Yeah. So, I think that part of the dialogue is is starting to it's losing its sting. It's losing its power. Yeah. And I think even more so as Twitter becomes less important, um, and we all kind of move to these new spaces where wherever we're going, I think what people say on Twitter. It will be will be viewed as less important to the discussion about the things that we're watching and enjoying. Yeah. And I think, you know, we were going to transition into talking about some of the other summer movies that are coming down the pipe. Um, And one that I've seen a lot of like, you know, annoyance with the trailers or maybe people have seen it too much is one that I've seen that I've gotten the screener for is Gran Turismo. And I get it. Like, it looks kind of like, cheesy at first like when you see because you're like okay it's just like every sports movie everything whatever um i cannot recommend enough that you guys go see because you've seen this because i've seen it yeah and it is so good and again like i get it like there are things that you're like okay this seems far-fetched but it's based on a true story so i think you can let some of that go because it literally happened i talked to the man that this story is about um and it's one that i really hope people go see if nothing else like for the incredible driving sequences and i am not a racing person like i don't watch nascar i don't wait i don't watch f1 i've purposefully avoided drive to survive so i don't become obsessed with something new um and so i went into it like okay this will be interesting i love david harbour sure um and i walked out of there i was like ready to run through a brick wall i think i all caps texted you like the movie slapped like it was so good like yeah um, i I think it looks like you know it's it's one of those things where like i mean i I don't know i don't know if there's any negative talk about it or not but i think like it kind of seems like you know what you're gonna get from the from the preview right so like it's is it is it gonna be cheesy is it gonna be like uh hey 
this guy is struggling and then he finds a way to succeed against the odds. Like, yeah, of course, yeah. it's a sports movie. If you yeah. if you don't like that's how it happens. Movies, don't yeah, exactly. worry about it. Yeah. But that's what we make sports movies about because it's yeah. actually kind of fun to see someone succeed when they didn't think they were yeah. gonna. That's also like, why miracle, we watch sports, by the way. Miracle isn't a good story if they lose. <laughs> like no one nobody's ever gonna miracle. make yeah nobody's ever gonna make a movie about the 2020 alabama football team that won every game by a thousand points because they had all the best players that's boring no one wants to watch that <laughs> that is accurate so i'm excited about that one i know did you see teenage mutant Ninja turtles yet or I have that's not another one that's turtles. on my list yeah we so we we left it up to my kids this weekend to see uh, to, to whether they wanted to see Haunted Mansion or Turtles. And they were, it was a very much like a coin flip. I don't think either of them felt really strongly about it. <laughs> so we said, well, let's go see Haunted Mansion since it's probably going to leave theaters first between yeah, the two. Yeah, that's true. Um, and we're also big Disney World heads. So we we went to Haunted Mansion. I have to say, um, you know, it's it's fairly standard Disney live action stuff for the yep. most part where, you know, like, it's a group of funny characters. There's a lot of quipping. There's like mediocre special effects. Um, but like it is within that, there is actually a really nice, uh, like surprisingly emotional little story going on about the, uh, you know, basically people dealing with grief over losing their loved ones. And I thought that was really cool and unexpected. I wasn't really expecting to have any actual emotions watching the movie. Yeah. Um, like in that respect, it's a lot better to me than the jungle cruise movie they tried to do a few years ago, or, you know, I'm trying to think of the, of the other live action Disney attempts. Like I, I think the, the later pirate movies where yeah. the charm had worn off, like to it's me, it's still wild to me that that was literally based off of that ride, that that yeah. whole franchise came well, out, and where, where it's like the guys just going back and forth, like a pirate <laughs> life for me, and you well, like go down cool, like really small like water hills. I, I actually think so. As a again, as a I grew up in Orlando and yeah. and um, went on this the ride that this movie is based on many times. And what's what's fun is right, like it's a challenge to try to write an actual story anyone cares sure. about based on a ride where you are slowly going through a building and there are little robots moving back You're and like, forth. But they managed to little, take like, chairs that like dip forward. Yeah, <laughs> even the chairs are actually part of the story of this Excellent. movie. <laughs> Excellent. But they they found little ways to to make it cool to make the to make the movie take something from the ride and actually make it interesting as a story element and in some ways it kind of makes the ride more interesting in retrospect because now we've like <laughs> now you have like given, story background stories you've assigned to each person yeah, there's like a reason why certain things are there and um you know it is it's not too scary it's definitely not even on the level of you know a pg-13 horror movie that that yeah. you would typically see today it's it's definitely a lot tamer than that um but like everybody's, it's one of those, I, I think we said this about <laughs> Oppenheimer too. So I don't want to say this is on that level, but it's one of those things where like everybody's pretty good at their jobs in this movie. Yeah. Like if you like Owen Wilson, you're going to like him in this movie. This is like perfect, pure distilled Owen Wilson. Yep. Uh, he's like a lovable con man that you can't get mad at. And 
Uh, Tiffany Haddish is really funny in this yep. movie. Danny, Danny DeVito, DeVito is a weird little nasty guy who is exactly <laughs> what you want Danny DeVito to be. <laughs> and and really, the big surprise for me, not that I was surprised that he's good, but Lakeith Sanfield's character yeah. in this movie is like, I mean, Lakeith Sanfield, I think of as a pretty serious actor. Yeah. And I was surprised. He has surprised. a lot of charisma. He has I was a lot surprised of that he was yeah. in a Haunted Mansion movie. Yeah. But he really brings a lot to this. And like he takes the character very seriously. And there are some big, you know, I'll just say, like, if you're if you're a person who has who has dealt with your own personal grief, like uh, you will actually feel real emotions watching the Haunted Mansion movie, which I was okay. not expecting. Um so yeah, I mean, I give it a. I, I would say, could could this one probably wait till it's on Disney Plus in October when it should have come out anyway in theaters? Yes, That's- that will probably be a better time for you to watch this movie. And <laughs> but it, but I enjoyed it. I really thought it was pretty yeah. good. Um, sticking with Disney for the last bit before we get Blake here, uh, we've had some more rumors about potential final four final four final Final four casting (laughs) fantastic forecasting i feel like we've been having this discussion for we're nowhere near the final the final fantastic four casting yet unfortunately but uh we're hearing vanessa kirby for sue storm for sue storm which i i think this is you and i both like vanessa kirby a lot um i think i think that's a really tough character to make interesting and i've been curious from the beginning about how they would do it i think that she's kind of inherently interesting as an actor and so i'm really interested to see if that is who they end up going with i would love that what's your take on it that's been my one of my see the thing for me is like one i have been if you ask me to do like i like john krasinski as i do too Mr. Fantastic. I was I all on board for that, and, and I know we, Ooh, we both so we even... both know that he unfortunately was not is not doesn't appear to be destined to be the permanent uh, Reed Richards in the MCU. <sighs> so that bums me out because I I am kind of ha- like I like Adam Driver, but I am kind of happy that's not going to be Adam Driver. Apparently, he's turned that down, and right. I don't know what happened with the Penn Badgley discussion. I'm not really feeling that either. I don't know. Um, but I have like I would have been I am stoked if it's Vanessa Kirby. I also think any like Rebecca Ferguson could also have been a good Sue Storm. I think uh, Monica Barbaro if we're sticking with uh, my Top Gun obsession. Uh, or and we're going to talk a lot about Emily Blunt later. But I thought Emily Bl- I think Emily Blunt could also handle Sue. Storm. I, so I have like several people I would, that I'd be like, yeah. if it's any of these people, I would be stoked if this is Sue Storm. And would for, be very for, ironic for if Reed Emily Richards, Blunt. I'm like, was, yeah. It would be very um, ironic to have Emily Blunt play Sue Storm now after and not John Krasinski's real life husband explode into ribbons uh, a couple of years ago. But I, I think, you know, the, the the other the other suggestion that I've seen floated a few times for Reed Richards, and I don't know how realistic it is or if he's interested. I've seen Dev Patel's name floated. A I would few times. I would be very intrigued by that. I really, I really think he's got kind of everything you want for that part. If he, if they can get him interested, because again, like what you want is kind of like this guy who you buy as extremely smart um, and a little awkward and that, that sort of his, his friends and his wife have to be like, Hey man, like you have to remember to be a human being. Sometimes you're, (laughs) you're all, you're, you're all invested in, being a being a science guy and you need to remember that there are real people around you 
So I, I feel like I feel like he could pull that off. I, I mean, he's he's a very charismatic, very good looking guy that yes. you could build a movie franchise around. The the other two things that we've seen, by the way, coming out of Fantastic Forecasting. Number one is it seems like a lot of people are now saying that they're leaning towards for playing the thing. Uh, ben Moss. Uh, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm so sorry that I'm not getting his name correct, but yes, the guy oh, who plays Moss? Bill, uh, wait, yeah. say his or, name or, again. The last name, like Eben Moss. Ben Eben Moss. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but he, he is a, uh, He's the guy who plays Richie, the cousin from the bear. We both, we've talked about him extensively on the show already, but I think that's a great move if they do it. The other one that's been now talked about a lot uh, online is, uh, is Joseph Quinn who played, uh, who, who played the, the sort of bad, the, the, the badass guitar playing, rebel kid from stranger things in the most recent season and yep. became kind of like America's sweetheart out of nowhere. And then of course he seems to maybe only be a one season character. Um, Evan Moss Bacharach. There we go. Thank you. Thank you, Caroline. And apologies. We're, like, to Evan Moss we're so sorry to you were cousin Richie. Like that is our fault. Like, but yes. Yeah. But, but yes, I, I, I think both of those guys are the Perfect. right combination of yes. they're really likable and also they're they're like just hot enough names right now that you could maybe even sell some tickets because of them. Yeah. Um, Joseph Quinn, he is he was Eddie Munson, you know, the Metallica solo with the guitar on the top of the trailer was like one of the iconic moments, one of the two, I yeah. think, with and it's with faded the, a little now, but like there was a moment where there were like that guy couldn't go in public. Like there were yeah. <laughs> there were people well, and if he, mobbing him and screaming whenever he would leave if the this house. This dude starts rolling up Chris Evans style or Michael B. Jordan style as as Johnny Flash and is shirtless half the time and you know he's gonna be i think he's such a good charming good looking like it's that vibe that you get from what you've seen and all the you know flame on like so i think those are both really good picks yeah like, really i think you have to have like a little bit of a rebellious edge to him because because johnny storm is supposed to be a teenager yes and- which is why i it's i agreed finally that glenn yeah. powell was not perfect for that role even though charismatically he is he's going to now be my cyclops i've decided so right call he's me based, I, I think he is sort of you know i think it can work even though he doesn't look like he's a teenager anymore because i think that the, the real angle you want here is that this guy is the egomaniac on the team he's the guy who knows yeah. that everyone thinks he's hot and he he is a problem because of that sometimes yeah. because he gets <laughs> he gets into it he buys his own he buys his own hype my casting thing is always too is like do i want to see this character interact with tom holland and the answer for all three <laughs> people that have been rumored is yes so yeah. i feel like yeah <laughs> so I'm i happy. think that would be very fun yes yeah. i mean but but yeah this is this has been going on so long and it's yeah i understand we have yet another reason for there to be a a, a delay going on right yeah. now but like I actually was looking in the in, in our system where we where we write posts recently, Caroline, and I had a draft last summer for a Fantastic Four casting post uh, nope. that didn't come to fruition. So that's how long we that's thought long. we were about to get the Fantastic Four cast. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. So uh, much more to be discussed when when we finally get like confirmed details on that. For now, the Marvel machines moving a little slow, and I, I don't I don't hate that. I think that's fine. I think we're all. I, I'm excited to see Loki. I'm excited to see the Marvels, and then let's just kind of like let things play out how they play out, and we'll see how it goes. Um, but let's bring in. Uh, our our friend Blake after this break and we will talk about Edge of Tomorrow. Let's go. All right, and welcome back to second half of For the Water Cooler this week. As we mentioned in the top half, I'm very excited about this. But first, I get to introduce my wonderful, 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 wonderful coworker and assistant managing editor for Bet for the Win, Blake Schuster. You are bringing Edge of Tomorrow, 2014 classic. Can I say that now that I've seen it once? Oh, um, I think you can. Emily Blunt. <laughs> Uh, thank you, first and foremost, for making me watch this movie. But why did you bring this movie to our potluck today? What's up, guys? Um, the the answer for this is very simple. Uh, after Oppenheimer, I just really wanted more Emily Blunt. Um, she had <laughs> she had that one scene where she just like stole the entire oh like, my third act of the movie. You wanted and more depressed like, Emily Blunt, <laughs> not depressed. More so, have you watched Emily Mary Blunt. Poppins? Because that's really the <laughs> so. So you're lucky because the first movie I went back to watch for my Emily Blunt Emily Blunt rewatch was Sicario. So I could have made you watch that. And <laughs> Which is you know, I haven't seen I haven't seen Sicario and I really there's no reason I haven't because I love Denis Villeneuve. Yep. And I've heard nothing but great things about this movie. I think it's I think it's mostly because it's not streaming on anything that I subscribe to. I'm pretty sure it is streaming. Is it? If yeah, I remember somewhere. correctly from doing these uh putting this stuff together or last week i think it's on the showtime portion of paramount which i don't know if i get that or not yeah that yeah. might be, that might be why. I, it. So for, I believe that's where it is <laughs> for all intents and purposes it's not streaming right now. no unfortunately but yeah, i mean like look emily blunt since this i mean definitely before this maybe a little bit but like this movie really kicked off a string where Emily Blunt was a big time star and and should have been before this and should be bigger than she is now, I think. But she is, man, you can see in this movie of like, holy cow, this is a this is somebody that can carry a franchise. By She's herself. an action hero. She is 100 yeah. percent an action hero and deserves top billing and all that. So, yeah, Sicario was number one. And then when Caroline said that she hadn't seen Edge of Tomorrow, I was like, that's it. We're shut it down. We're, we're discussing this. I don't know how <laughs> someone who loves Tom Cruise movies as much as you do, who just watched all of the Mission Impossibles in a row, still hadn't seen this. Well, not only that. And like, military I, movies. I love sci-fi movies. I love military movies. I love alien-based movies. Like, these these aliens give very strong um, xenomorph from the Alien series vibes. And there's Bill Paxton giving a dropship motivational brief for a oh bunch my of God. troopers about to hit the beach to go destroy some aliens. And I was like, 10 minutes into this movie, like, oh my God, yes! Is so, 80s, 80s sci-fi Valhalla is when you see Bill Paxton <laughs> Doing a doing a drill sergeant speech in a movie. Oh, just like my favorite, favorite, favorite. I have to give you my favorite fact that I was going to save, but since you mentioned it already, (laughs) the sound design of the like body armor jacket they wear is an exact copy of Aliens. Of course, amazing. They they just ripped the entire sound because like what you can't do anything better than that. 
No, it's such a good, and I mean, you even, you, you said, I forget who, if I was talking to Blake or, or Matt before we started, but talking about the, like, the idea of, like, mech tech, like, the, you know, wearing a suit to beat up a bigger species, like a scary alien species, and obviously the big one being from Aliens, where Ripley gets in the, the loader suit and is finally the same size as the queen and is, like, ready to, like, I'm telling you guys, if that, that is a desert island movie for me and i think you'd have to like narrow it down to like three or fewer movies for me to consider taking aliens out like that is how much i love that movie like i could probably do a one-woman show of aliens so i got like a lot of like vibes <laughs> now, now i want to see that <laughs> see the one woman show version of aliens just doing aliens but it's what i really enjoyed is one it would have been really cool and i know that you can't do this because you have to market the movie and like get people into the theaters but the idea of like that first time that he wakes up and you're kind of like okay but it's so cool that he gets to remember everything and it's similar to um did you guys see i mean similar similar to palm springs but yeah in Palm Springs, she learns physics. And I love the idea that you get to remember every single thing that you've done in every iteration. Um, because that's like the idea of it was like playing a video game where he reset. And so each time he got a little bit further and had to remember like the left, right, left, right, up, down, up, down, AB. <laughs> like, and so I, it was just such a cool. Like, I mean, how did I not see this? I don't, I don't know if there's a movie that better lets the viewer experience what it's like to play a video game than this yeah. one of just restarting the level and remembering every step <laughs> and just how you have to defeat the boss. And like, then you have to go through it all again. You can't just restart at the same stage. You have to start at the yeah. level at the beginning and get there. Well, and uh, what's, you know, it's funny because this, this movie, which I didn't know until years after I'd seen it, that this, this movie is actually an adaptation of a manga of a Japanese comic book. And, but, but you can totally see, Right. Like the the concept coming from a culture that is both really into these ideas of like a mech suit and fighting aliens and also the mechanics of a video game and sort of taking all those things and putting them in this grounded story. I don't I, I would be surprised if the if the original intent of this story was meant to mirror Groundhog Day at all. But but when you talk to Americans about it. You're like, well, this is like sci-fi action Groundhog Day. I think it was either the director or Christopher McQuarrie, who like helped on the script, said he visioned it as Groundhog Day meets Starship Troopers, which is just perfect. Yeah. And like, and the that fact is. that we haven't had like a big time loop war movie yet is kind of shocking to me. Like, I, I think like the initial thought of this, like, if you were to pitch like a time loop, like for a war movie, you would think, okay, we're gonna do World War II. Like, we're gonna send them back, and like the Nazis have this weapon that they can use to reset the day. So whatever battle they lose, they're going to just keep winning and winning. Like that seems like a very easy concept to do. Well, someone, no, someone no, is like, is listening no to this, like writing notes. Well, like, I'll say no, no, I don't want to spoil too much, but definitely there is some of this in the new Indiana Jones. <laughs> oh no. They beat us to it. They beat us to it. They beat us to it. Um, but no, I, I love this movie. I think it's ridiculously rewatchable. I mean, this is one that you come in at any scene and you're just you're stuck for the rest of the movie. Um, it's it's super fun. It got stuck in advertising and marketing hell, and I'm glad it's receiving the cult following that it has really, really earned. I, I want to talk about that part of it a little bit for a second, Blake, because that is a big 
part of the the story of the, the, this movie in the real world and how it played out and why it's not a bigger hit. It, it went through a couple of different title changes, including even after it got released for a little while, this movie was being marketed. So, so its original title was called all you need is kill. And that was the title for so long that when Tom Cruise still talks about the movie, now he calls it that in interviews. Uh, he was talking about it in, in the mission impossible press junket as Amazing. all you need is kill. But so, so it ends up getting released as Edge of Tomorrow. And then they have like this thing happens where I don't know if they second guess it or they feel like it didn't do well enough. And when you find it on DVD and Blu-ray and, and I think even streaming for a little while, it is called Live, Die, Repeat. Um, what? So this movie has had in three different titles. Live, Die, Repeat, colon, Edge of Tomorrow. Right. It, it's bizarre. Very strange. And, and I... I have to say, I, I do think Edge of Tomorrow is not a great title because I, I don't think it's descriptive of the movie. And I think it's also like weirdly forgettable it, it, to the degree that I actually forgot the title for a minute when I was trying to look it up to watch it this weekend because <laughs> I kept saying live, die, repeat in my head. But I don't know. I mean, what do you what do you, Caroline, as somebody who was like not privy to this before, what do you feel about those other title options? So I, I realized today that it that the I guess it's the book or I guess the manga is called All You Need Is Kill. So like right. that's like the original title. I don't I don't love that in the sense that I love it for a book. Like I yeah, love it. Well, for it doesn't, like it feels like they directly translated something into English yes. from another yeah. language, which is yes. exactly what happened. Yes. <laughs> um, in knowing like having seen the movie i actually kind of don't mind edge of tomorrow because like they're constantly trying to get to tom- but i don't think sure. that it necessarily is i don't know i don't now i don't like any of them because i don't think any of it <laughs> now it's i don't think any cute. of it like you could have done mimic or something like I, here's i guess my biggest complaint with the movie, which is minuscule and like easy for me to like look over because they did such a great job of getting you to care about what they were doing in the repetitive stage, which I think is so difficult. That is the biggest challenge with a movie like this is repeating like the way that they decided what to repeat and how much to show of the repetition, I think was genius. And so, you know, there is a little bit of a, comedic factor of the like when he rolls in front of the truck what you think is the first time maybe is the first time and the and bill paxton's like why on earth would he do that and then he wakes up where it's like what an idiot he just rolled into traffic but we know that he's trying to like figure out this plan like etc etc but it could very easily get frustrating and and it yeah some people are frustrated with it anyway my my wife actually doesn't like this movie because she she says that it's frustrating to her to see the same stuff play out over and over again i needed yeah. more i was like, like more, i like more alien background like i wanted a little yeah. bit more about like what the omega is and how they got there and like you know good you know honestly if i'm picking a spot to make my little nest the louvre is not a bad spot <laughs> do filmmakers love anything more than blowing up the pyramid outside the louvre no. Because it's like you it. get an explosion and the glass, like it's just all glass shards and it's iconic. And like, you know, so I thought there, there was that piece where I was kind of like, I could have used a little more background about the war against the aliens. Like, how did it, how did it spread so fast? Um, but otherwise, like, that's probably my biggest complaint. And so 
I mean, all my questions. I have questions, so let's talk about the other stuff, and I can ask Blake all my questions about the end. <laughs> well, Blake, I, I also want to talk about – we talked about Emily Blunt, who is pretty flawless in this movie. I mean, she's she's, so she's got everything – uh that she she is she is the the she is tough she's also very human she's like she's she's everything you want in a movie hero but i i want to talk about tom cruise because i actually would say this is sort of what we talked about on our mission impossible episode which which is why i think that franchise works so well is cruise is a is a rare type of action star that is okay with looking like an idiot in his movies. And I think this is maybe the one where he looks most like an idiot for the <laughs> longest part of the movie. And it, and it like, it's really easy to not like Tom Cruise. Okay. Like we all know about all the stuff off screen that's going on. So it takes a lot to sell us on why is this guy an underdog? And, and I think like, I think that's kind of how they do it is, he's super unlikable and a, and a wimp and a loser for a big chunk of the movie. I think, I think that really is part of it is that you start off this movie kind of excited to watch him fail. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I very, very rarely do we get movies that is based on the fact that Tom Cruise is not good at something. We see like so many movies where <laughs> he just like, will where he will do a task and he just gets it done. We don't get to see him fail over and over again. And that is like one of the most exciting parts about this movie is like, if you don't like if you don't like Tom Cruise, you'll enjoy watching him die on screen twenty six times. Yeah. If, if you do like Tom Cruise, you'll enjoy him getting better and better at something until he's just the full, you know, height of his powers of everything he can do. And like watching him get there is just as cool as watching him fail. The initial him trying to use the suit is one of his like better. I don't want to say better acting sequences of all time or whatever, but in this movie, I think he was so great in that first time that you see him go down in the drop. First of all, drop ships. So cool. Like what a cool, <laughs> unless scene. they're being shot at. Yeah. But I just mean like the whole, that was such a bad idea too, like, though. Like, Oh, like immediately idea. Like, bad they were idea. getting like literal, <laughs> literal wires crossed. It appeared yeah. like in just all sorts of stuff. And like you, you're kind of like, they're doing but the idea of like that scene where it's like, they don't know what they're getting into. The floors open up and they've got like a big red button. Yes. Just a terrible idea. And I love it. Um, it's such a video game is, thing. Yeah, like, It absolutely. feels like something that you do at the start of a level. Like you can't, a, video, a video interlude that you can't skip is just Bill Paxton yeah. giving the speech on the drop. Well, you, only, you think that you press can do a, anything. No. Yeah, press, press A to drop from the uh, ship. All you can do is look around at the people who are like chirping at you. Yes. What is what you? What does he see in that suit? Like a dead guy. There's a dead guy, guy in your suit. Yeah. Which dead also, I, look, I I think there's some really great little writing moments that use the repetition too, and that's one of them. Uh, it feels like a Macquarie thing to do, a Christopher Macquarie thing to, to that the first time we see the line of who's uh, who's in that suit. It's a dead guy. It's they're making fun of him and he's super nervous and he's he's absolutely not a real, real tight knit group of soldiers no. here. And then there's a there's a moment later in the and, you know, he's been through a million iterations and he's kind of giving up hope. He's frustrated. And he says the dead guy line to the other guy. And it's this like whole different context to it of he's saying, like, I'm dead inside now, basically. Was that the one where he was drunk? <laughs> That's yeah. right. We're the guy was like, "Have you been drinking?" 
Yeah, I mean, I, I just it's such a it's such an interesting way to 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 show how much can be done with context and with acting without changing literally the lines and shots that we're seeing. Like it's literally the same scene over and over again. And it's different every time because of what's already happened before. The one where he saved the big guy and then he got crushed by the big thing was, yes, I I actually like out loud. (laughs) Very. (laughs) What a night. And then the next time he figures out a way. And that's what I just, I absolutely loved it. Like the next time it's building on all of these experiences. And when he's having that back and forth, like so frustrated with her, he's like, you look right step left like come on like go over the ridge and it's just like but it also it's a, shows it's, it's the dirty dancing up. scene where they're training for the for the dance identical <laughs> movies identical movies but it's like where he it's just he um that's also the scene where they do such a great job of him they show him caring that he now cares about like seeing her repeatedly killed upsets him like and it should but also at the same time if you know that you're coming back, like you could lose some of that, you know, it would be less intense each time, perhaps you get numb to it, but you can see that this bothers him, that it's really like, he wants to figure this out. If you're out. playing a video game, you get numb to it very yeah. quickly. Yeah. If you're yeah, watching, sure. if you're watching the players go through it, I think it's totally different. Yeah. And that, not to fully switch topics, but that brings me to one of my favorite things about this movie and about how it compares to other time loop movies. I feel like with Groundhog Day, with Palm Springs, with all the other ones that we could talk about, the main characters start to embrace nihilism and realize, like, if I could die and get my way out of this, I would. Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt are doing all of this to try to live, to try yeah. to survive at the end of it. And that's kind of a twist on the time loop that you don't normally see. Like, you don't normally see people putting themselves through all this pain so that they can survive. Usually it's the other way around. They, they just want to end it. They're going to do stupid things. They're going to steal a plane and fly off so that like if they die, whatever, we'll, we'll come right back. But this is not that kind of movie. So this is where I'm going to ask my questions. Does she remember him? And how how what happened to the timeline? How does that work? Why does he go back to he has okay hold on i think i'm just maybe i'm just getting this <laughs> yeah just, i just watched that click on your face when, <laughs> when he wakes up in the helicopter he hasn't been sent to the unit yet no when he kills the omega at the end it's the same thing that happens the first time in his battle where he gets the blood on him so he resets to 24 hours before he actually ended the war Wow. Okay. <laughs> but so, so look, and it's, it's designed to set up a sequel, right? It's a movie that is, it, it, it works fine as a one-off. And I think it's a fun, clever ending because it's like a wink to the audience of like, it I, starts this, all just... over again. But, but I think it's perfectly structured for a sequel. And that's actually been in the news this week because uh, Emily Blunt was doing press recently uh, before the strike, and she was asked about Edge of Tomorrow, and she said, I have been given a script by Doug Lyman. There is a script exists, and I have seen it, and I'm down to do it whenever. And essentially what she said is, I mean, she jokingly says it's whenever Tom Cruise gets tired of making Mission Impossible movies, but... That's a part of it. Obviously, he's still working on another movie for Mission Impossible. He's doing Dead Reckoning 2. Yeah, we don't know what the plan is beyond that. 
But he's also got another movie that is reportedly the next thing he was going to work on Top when Gun the 3. pandemic hit, which <laughs> I don't think it's Top Gun 3 right now. It is a movie with Doug Lyman, with the director of this movie. Um, and it is, it was, it was a movie that came together in an agreement between Cruise and SpaceX, the comp, the, the space, the commercial space flight company owned by Elon Musk. Um, they had agreed to allow crews after some training to go into space and actually film part of his movie in space. And the, the, obviously this hasn't happened yet. Um, like a lot of things that Elon Musk has said is going, definitely going to happen. I would say there's only some chance that it will actually happen. <laughs> um, but chance. that would be like, it, it's, it's interesting. And we don't know anything about the movie. Uh, we don't even know if it's definitely not edge of tomorrow too, that they would be doing up there. Also uh, but, but like, I, I'm, that would make I you way like, more excited for it. <laughs> I do feel like there's a lot of demand for a sequel to this movie. This feels like one of those things. Like the only the, the thing that jumps to mind for me is um, is Shawshank Redemption because I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. But like a movie that really didn't succeed very much in theaters, and then like many years later, because of things like cable and uh, home video, suddenly became this movie that like everyone alive has seen it. Um, and I, I think this movie is way more popular now than when it was first released. I feel like there would be a lot of demand for a sequel. I need to ask if my dad's seen this. He would love this movie. <laughs> here is here is my humble proposal. I don't want a sequel. I want a now prequel. Now this is all I want. A prequel! <laughs> I want to see Emily Blunt go through all of this and have to learn You want to see become. Verdun. Yes. Yes. I want yeah, it, I Angel want of Verdun. And to Caroline's point, if you want more background on the aliens, what better way than to go to the beginning of the story? I want more aliens. Can we just say that ob- objectively, the name Rita Vertasky is incredibly awesome. That is yeah. such a badass character sing- name. <laughs> about her and if we need to if we need to bleep me out here Chandler, what is it like full metal bitch let's go that's her that's that's her like graffiti is full metal bitch she's she's uh she's doing like the first i think the 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 initial shot we often see her doing when cruz breaks away to go meet her is she's like doing some kind of power yoga we, yeah, could she's, spend, she's, we could she's do, like, we could do thirty minute podcast on the plank alone. Which what is that? Actually, what do. is she doing? Is that is that like it's like a like a hovering plank? It's Pretty like a much. forearm like leaning. It's incredible. She looks incredible in this movie. She's it, always she's always dirty. She's yes. always <laughs> completely ripped. She she looks like. She looks like she has like done six hours of yard work every time you see her. <laughs> like share the story you sent me this morning when I started texting you about this. Like what's So t- there are two things. Number one, when she walks like to get onto the dropship and like one of the guys is like, Oh my god, that's the full metal and it cuts off before he se- before yes. he calls her. <laughs> Cause she, um, cause she, she smacks him with her with her yeah. mech suit Same. arm. That's Emily Blunt's brother in real life. Oh. Yes, <laughs> and she just, she just smacks him off the screen. Amazing! <laughs> that's so good. Incredible sibling ri- sibling rivalry right there. <laughs> that's um, a really good. That's a really good cameo to make. 
the other the other part that Caroline and I were texting about is uh, the suit. They she probably had to get in shape to wear that suit because it is eighty five pounds. That yeah. was a that was not yeah. like like a foam suit or anything. Like they really wore those. So like anytime you see them running, they're running with eighty five pound backpacks That's, on. What's interesting too is like so she cool looks now. really comfortable and cool in her suit, and I'm sure some of this was the design of the suit. But every time they show Cruz in the suit, it looks too big for him, and he's hunched over, and he looks like super uncomfortable running in it. And there's and maybe a couple like towards the end where he starts to look a little bit yeah. more comfortable in the suit. And it was Tom Cruise. Apparently, uh, the first time they put on the suits, uh, Emily Blunt like started crying because she's like, "I don't know if I can film a whole movie <laughs> like this." Yeah. And Tom he basically looked at her. And, yeah, he he just like looked at her. He's like, "I'm unprepared to handle." A situation like this, and he just a situation told, meaning your emotions is that yeah, <laughs> being a human, and he basically told her to toughen up. He said that. Yeah. In, he said that in very different words. Um, yes. <laughs> but well, he basically we, said you, you have to stop being weak. Yeah, don't be a. <laughs> it's definitely we we. I mean, look, we when we talk to uh, to the the Mission Impossible cast members, that seems to be the deal. Is he's like, look, if you're gonna do a movie with me. You're gonna have to train harder than me, and you're gonna have to be you're gonna have to be a absolute psycho who wants to yeah. be like physically committed to this movie in every way. There's a, for a reason year why he works with the same cast over and over and over <laughs> <Yep>. again. <laughs> yeah, well, Blake had also sent me one that I actually knew this one's this story. Like when she found out she was pregnant before reshoots, and she was very early on in her first. I think it was her first pregnancy, but basically only John Krasinski and her doctors and maybe some family knew. And he was wondering why she wasn't able to do the reshoots because she wanted CGI, whatever. And so she told him and like, but I'd also heard part of the story was after he found out, he was very protective of her. And like, I think this was like, she did an interview was on another thing and saying like that he was constantly like, no, no, she needs to do like this. And like, whatever, like once, once he knew, like he was like super excited and like all this stuff, but he's just, yeah, she looked great. There's, I'm telling you, there's something about the like, um, it's the Linda Hamilton and Terminator, Terminator Two, with the you know, like just the tank top and the like combat pants. It's the you know Sigourney Weaver as Ripley, same thing. Like it's just such a cool vibe. It's like the cool lady who's ripped fighting aliens is such a vibe. Well, and, and it's we I get this in movie. in the Quiet Place movies too, although much more so the second one than the first one. Um, but you know, I mean, like. It's crazy because Emily Blunt, if you had to like nail down what is her thing as an actress, right? Like what's her specialty? I could do it because she is this and also she is Mary Poppins. Okay. She's also Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, yeah. right. She's Devil Wears Prada. She was yeah, outstanding. Right. She, like, she is an incredibly chameleon type actress that there is there really isn't a, a type. For her, I mean, she she is she has been in some of my favorite romantic comedies, and she has also been in multiple movies where she is a complete badass that is blowing aliens' heads off repeatedly. <laughs> it's a very unique combination of skills. I'd like to see her in more comedy, like not even necessarily rom com, but like I think that she could handle 
comedy. Like, I, I what, don't think we've seen like a full comedic performance from her, but we've seen a few of the, the like. What was the uh, engagement movie? The I, five I'm year engagement. The, the five year engagement yeah. is is a very good example of her doing comedy and she's very good in it too yeah we also kind of get that with her tiktok like with her and john on tiktok like she yeah. really shows that side a lot more she's yeah she's just she's, a, a witty like she's a movie star man she's yeah. she's a full-on movie star she, she is, tells I, one of my, have her. <laughs> she tells the story i think it's on maybe it's on fallon and when she's talking about like the accents that her kids have and she wants i think you, know, you said she's this british me. Yeah, I say that was true. Where she's like, where her daughter's saying like water. <laughs> she does the American accent where it's not water, like whatever. Oh, and then she, she's over there saying, "Oh, mommy, can I have a glass of water?" <laughs> she's like, um, I think she's great. It was I thoroughly enjoyed watching this movie, and I'm glad that you guys got to see me realize what had happened at the end when in real time. Because <laughs> well, um, I finished is- it and had to go into a meeting and was like, I need to process this, but I'm also about to talk about it, and I have so many questions. <laughs> Among among the big marketing mistakes they made, I think one of the worst was moving the release date back like two weeks so they could drop it on the anniversary of D Day. Which like, which like I'm sure at the time like there is like, some direct parallels right, that they're doing. Right, but I'm sure like, at the time which, that they're like, oh yeah, we're storming the beach. It makes so much sense. Yeah. Like if you really take like two minutes to think about it, like hey, like let's. Let's not. Yeah, it's a whole other discussion, probably for a long for another time. But like, yeah, I do think it's. You could argue it's a little insensitive and uncomfortable that this movie is like. There's no question you are meant to be having fun, uh, and they are definitely evoking. I mean, look, the reason that she's called the Angel of Verdun is also a reference back to World War II. So there's a ton of direct World War II parallels that they're drawing in this movie, and they're doing it because it's genre stuff and it's fun and there's tons of world war two movies obviously but yeah i mean it's a little it's a little dicey territory to go it that just way feels with. like the marketing department was like oh it's a world it's a it's a world war movie that takes place in france this is a layup for us we've marketed yeah, hundreds as if, of these. as if that's where people like on d-day are like well, what should we do we should go see a movie to to commemorate the anniversary of d-day you know like it's, it's not it's like when they used to watching show it and try they used to show Saving Private Ryan on like cable on the anniversary of D Day. It's like maybe like not like maybe yeah. that doesn't have to be a thing that we do. Watching yeah. watching Tom Cruise uh, fire a machine gun at a big slurpy alien and going, "I'm honoring the troops." <laughs> like, the one the one machine that he has the suit that has the, like the guns up top when he busts that thrown out the first time I was like that this is oh yeah movie. you're talking about when when they're when there's one in the trailer that they're pulling yes. behind their truck yes. and he pops out the sunroof to fire at it is yes. that's when we're just fully in silly territory and we're having a great time with this uh, can I ask just so this is not a this movie thing this is an every movie ever made thing does anyone ever actually in the history of time put their keys in the in the visor. I've, it's, I, I think that it's like putting five 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 as the first three. When numbers has that ever number, happened? Right? It's so we all agree that this is just a thing we have to do in movies <laughs> so that the movie can go forward. We, so that we don't have to assume that everyone knows how to hotwire a car. Yes, I, I, exactly. I want to believe that they've spent enough time resetting the day that on one of them they were just like, "Hey, we're going to practice hotwiring the car today." Right. Yeah, like, you know, like I feel like also, that's fair. Yeah. I love he says one, he's like, separate the stupid trailer. She's like, okay. And then Do they the even have trailer. pickup trucks in France? I don't I, I, this, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it. <laughs> Pulling your big, trailer with a Peugeot big minivan country. Yeah, yeah, big minivan country. <laughs> All right. Well, Edge of Tomorrow, 
uh, is the latest in a long and prestigious tradition of films showing humans wearing robot exoskeletons, as we talked about earlier, better known in the geek community as mech suits. So for today's trivia segment, guys, we're going to be asking questions exclusively about characters, both male and female, who have donned these spectacular suits in a segment that we're calling Mech Suit Man. Go ahead, Chandler. Steel shirt, steel shoes. I'm wearing metal like a robot dude. Can't jump, can't fly. I got hydraulics on my thighs. I come a stomping just as slow as I can. Cause every girl crazy about a mech suit man. It's, it's too good. It's you doing your own backup vocals. Yeah, I think we've got me there. We're in episode eight now, and I've really started to layer the the uh, <laughs> these tracks a little bit more. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to figure out what it was going to be, and I feel like the layup would have been Lady Gaga, uh, Edge of Glory. I thought about it. Tomorrow. I really did think about then it. I, but that's what I thought. I was like, oh, that's too easy for him. He's mm. He's got to do something else. And, uh, that was you, a you bop, Matt. That was you a bop. It. That was like an actual. That was a good. I would. I would listen to that again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have that on a Let's go ahead and play it again, Chandler. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> From the top. That, I know my my favorite. Listen, quick behind the scenes. My favorite part about this is that I'm often amusing karaoke versions of these songs. So it's like, I like that it's like not the real music. It's like sort of a cheap plastic dollar store version of the <laughs> of the guitar that you're hearing just enough that you're not going to get sued yeah exactly <laughs> that's your uh, method we're not we're not gonna we're not even gonna entertain that idea so okay so listen we're gonna get into our questions unfortunately i uh i had to rewrite one of the questions as we've been doing the podcast because uh caroline accidentally talked about the question and the answer to it so i have i've succe- successfully rewritten the question i was you. hoping that i would get new. that one Ugh. so we're gonna we're gonna start with blake and then uh we'll get to we'll get to we'll go back and forth we'll alternate between you okay 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 blake your first question in amazing spider-man 2 paul giamatti makes an appearance as this mech suit wearing villain this is doc ock it is not Doc Ock. It is Rhino, Rhino. in which Paul oh, Giamatti crazy. is doing a absolutely ridiculous Russian accent. It is wonderful. Horrible. It was one that of is, That is the only Spider-Man guys. movie I haven't seen. Oh, no. It's amazing no. Spider-Man 2. Oh, man. Well, that one's honestly, honestly, the part with Rhino is the best part of the movie. So I'm going to go, like I'll, I'll go watch it bad after guys. This. One yeah. of the seven bad guys they throw in that movie. All right. Caroline, let me ask you the question now that I had to rewrite during the show. In the film Aliens, we see Ellen Ripley using a mech suit called a power loader. What is the corporation that makes um, this power loader? Hold on. Um, Hands where we can see them. We need to know that you're not cheating. It's Wayland Utani. It is Wayland Utani. Very nice. <laughs> Caroline is up one nothing after the I first was thinking, round. I was thinking Waco because I just binged off succession. <laughs> yeah, no, that's why I had to like stop. I was like, I need to get this right in my mind because I need. I, if I, I would not be able to to talk to my sister ever again if I got that wrong. So, Wayland Utani, great yeah. evil corporation name. Great okay. evil corporation. 
Blake, when Tony Stark creates his first Iron Man suit, it comes equipped with an AI assistant named Jarvis. Eventually, Jarvis is replaced by a second AI assistant. What is the name of that second AI assistant? Friday. It is Friday. Very Let's nice, go. Blake. All right. I would have like accidentally said dummy. <laughs> <laughs> I love him so much. He goes, he goes through a few like tapes before he finds the one for Friday. So there are some I think other names in there. I think it's it's like an acronym that stands for something like uh like, fe- it's like, like it's like female female replicating. It's something really yeah. dumb. It doesn't like, make any sense. Yeah, even dead. I, I'm the hero. <laughs> That's Edith. Edith. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Caroline. This is okay. a movie that I don't, I'm not 100% sure if you've seen it or not. I don't think we've talked okay. about this movie before. In the film Pacific Rim, oh. what is the name of the giant mech suits used by the heroes to fight against the giant invading monsters? Jaegers! It is Jaegers. <laughs> I love Very that movie nice. so much. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, my God. This Obsessed is a big round. Movie. So Caroline is ahead by one going into the final round. We need a win for Blake and a miss for Caroline. All right. Blake, in the film Avatar, James Cameron once again heavily used mech suits, this time being used as weapons by the evil humans to attack which important and iconic feature of the planet Pandora? It's the tree, right? Like that's the. I'm going to need. I'm going to need a specific name. Oh, I. It's just the, the Navi's. Like that's all I all I can remember. I'm I'm, oh. I'm I'm I'm. Unfortunately, like everyone else, you have forgotten every element of the plot of the Avatar movie. It is called the, the tree, 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 the of tree of Souls. Oh, yeah, I would have got that wrong. I thought it was the life tree. tree. So Caroline is going to come away with the win, but I do want to see how how she does with this final question. Yeah. Caroline in the Wallace and Gromit movie, The Wrong Trousers. Okay. Wallace creates a pair of robotic pants, which some would argue is the bottom half of a mech suit. The robotic <laughs> pants in the film are stolen by what type of animal? Uh, chickens, aren't they? I'm so sorry, Caroline. It was a penguin dressed as a chicken. Oh. <laughs> it goes by the name Feathers McGraw. <laughs> Wallace and Gromit is so great, by the way. What a technicality. <laughs> <laughs> really thought i had that right too listen i consider every incorrect answer as a win for me so i i this this was a this was a successful contest for me caroline wins again i'm no back shame. on track no alex shame blake is, she's, alex she's, is the only one who's beaten me so far no wait no you you lost last week oh, amanda. To amanda i lost to amanda amanda mall yeah. amanda mall with a 100 percent she Flawless crushed victory. me on Seinfeld trivia. Yeah, yeah I well, tied now, Alex. Now I, I feel Alex. just awful to give Caroline the win that she needed to get back on track. Back on track. <laughs> Bounce back week, baby. She has, she has she has broken she has broken the losing streak. I was uh, I was her cupcake game. One, back wonderful. To w one. Uh, you were you were her old dominion. First yeah. <laughs> well, no, okay, old dominion beat. Old dominion actually games. did beat UVA, didn't they? Yeah. No, they beat Virginia Tech. Thank you very much. Oh, I'm sorry, but terribly sorry about this. Okay, well. <laughs> Blake, first of all, uh, thanks for thanks for coming on as always. But also, um, thank you for introducing Caroline to this movie that I feel like is like a 
no brainer Caroline movie. Right? This is, I feel like this is going to be a rewatch for her. Oh, 100%. she's going to ping me next week with like five more questions after yes. her fifth rewatch. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I need to do a rewatch that isn't daytime so that I can get more of the detail in the dark scenes because it was a little tough this morning. What with the sun? You don't really need to know what was happening. <laughs> you get the gist of it. It's not going to become any more clear. It. He's he's shooting he's shooting big tentacle things. And yeah, he's jumping out of planes. That's pretty much the gist yeah. of it. <laughs> All right. Well, Blake, once again, thank you for coming on. And, and folks can read your uh, wonderful work and the work of your team uh, over on For the Win and Bet for the Win. And um, what, what else? What else should we what, what do you got going on over there right now, Blake? You got anything specific you want to promo? I got I got nothing except uh, I also on the back of Oppenheimer just binged all of Peaky Blinders in a week and am now obsessed with that show. And Peaky Blinders is really good. I'll be making Caroline watch it next. Yeah. I also can't believe how many like very famous people just pop up in that show. Oh yeah. Like unbelievable cast in that show. Absolutely incredible amount of people who are just like, they really got him. And yeah, they, they did. Um, uh, I had to go out and buy a, a bottle of whiskey before I started season three, just because I feel like I can't watch <laughs> that show without it. Um, it yeah. helps you. It helps you bring the accent out when you're trying it to really copy does. what they're saying. Yeah, Blake's been carrying uh, razor blades around his hat now. If there does that, that's the thing. This, to... this is very true. If that's the only thing you know about that show, it's a great starting point. <laughs> it's the only thing of, I know. A lot of horse racing terminology. It's uh, it's, oh, it's, it's about good. the patriarchy. It's all about gambling. So technically, <laughs> yeah. it can be a work. That's absolutely for us. right. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> very nice. All right. Well, check out Bet for the Win. Check out all of our pop culture content as well over at For The Win. And uh, we will see you guys next week here at the Water Cooler.